0: How is everybody doing this morning? Okay, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I'm better than that, to tell you the truth. Um, You know, when you hang out with Jesus, things are good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people ask you, how are you you doing, Kenny? I'm super. I'm super, yes. And um, the Lord is good, and and, uh, he has so much good in store for us. Um, Some of that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, What God has in mind for us as his children. Uh, The things that Jesus died for is not just so we can have eternal life. But also that we can have a victorious life here on earth. That is what he bought for us. So I want to point that out to you. Uh, here in the scriptures in just a little bit, as Peter is showing us exceedingly abundantly how this is true, that God has something so special in mind for us that if we would just tap in on it, that the church would be so powerful in attracting people to the kingdom because people couldn 't help but be attracted because of the testimony and the lives that they see in the church. So, um, the title of the sermon is, Do You Have a Life of Overflow? Do You Have a Life of Overflow? I I would like for you young people to pay particular attention today. Uh, I know usually you just can't help but just just hang on every word that I say. <laughs> but today, more so. Today, more so. Yes. Uh, this is not just a message for young people. Because I see that church people in general uh, are not victorious in their walk. Do you think? Do 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 do, do, you, do you do you see Christians that are that you say to yourself, these people have a life of overflow. Remember my my friend Don Babin, Don Babin. He'll be here next week. Uh, please come and and come here, Don Babin, and meet him. And if you don't ha- if you have not already met him, <clears throat> we will have a. Uh, uh, you know, lunch with him over there because usually in here he speaks to us. But over there, then we can ask some questions that are on our mind, and then he can answer them for the benefit of all of us who are supporting him. And he used to say this. Uh, uh, this is part of his testimony, by the way. He says, I, I, I would stand out of the church, and I see the church people come out. And, and, and Don, in those days, he, he he did plenty of drugs. And he says, oh, these people, they need some of what I have. They're, they're happy people. I thought I'd come into church and found happy people. People with a life of overflow. A life that is contagious. That other people wanted a part of that. So this is, what, this is what Peter is speaking of here. But in an additional light. In the light of the fact that in the future... And I, I keep mentioning the future, but it's already today that there will be false teachers in, the, in Christian circles that will lead people astray in all kinds of ways and for all kinds of reasons. We'll get to it. Uh, it is a little bit sober and somber, but, uh, chapters 2 and 3, as he is talking about these things. And so, therefore, I will try to counter it a little bit with something a little bit nicer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let us let us read. Can we read together? Or uh, somebody, uh, Edna, would you read, sister? Would you come up front and read 2 Peter verses 3 through 9? 2 Peter verses chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Here, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no problem. Okay. No problem.
0: So second, Peter? second Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. She's a good reader, so I'm not such a good reader, and my eyes are not as good as hers.
1: All right. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through, no, through the knowledge... Now you've you jinxed me. <laughs> Through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these He has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self control, self control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Amen. Keep on. Okay. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Thank
0: you. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let us pray. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And that is the NIV... Obviously, you're going to see on the screen it a little bit different because on the screen you have the New King James Version. So, But you're good. So let us pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, that, Lord, I pray this morning that the things that you are offering us, Lord, that we would take them, that we would receive them, because they are ours to have, but so often we just... Forfeit in some ways, or just ignore what you have for us. Bless you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are going to talk about verses uh, 8 and 9, but because it is all tied together, I want to refresh your memory just a little bit, just as Peter is doing with us in this epistle. As he writes here in just a short while, uh, in just a few verses, he's writing that I'm going to bring to your remembrance these things, though you already know them. Um, He wants to remind us of these things that will keep us from being swayed by false teachers. That's at least part of what he's trying to do. But the other side of the coin is that he wants us to have uh, victorious lives so that not only will we not succumb To the sway of the false teachers. But that we will also be able to inspire brothers and sisters. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't believe that. This is the scriptures. And they would believe you. Because you have expressed and, and exhibited a life of Christ. That they say, hey, there is something there. I've always wanted a life. Ever since my children were small. That I would have a life that exhibits Jesus Christ. That if they would ever doubt that he is real, that they couldn't doubt because they saw Jesus and me and their mother. So always, I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying I've exhibited him. I'm just saying that was my desire from the beginning. And this is part of what the Lord has in mind as he's expressing through Peter this thing that one, Uh, to keep you from their sway when these difficult things come to pass, and secondly, that you would be an influence on others, not only Christians but even non-Christians who would see your life and say, that's what I want. Um, So in verse 3, quickly we'll say, according as his power has given unto us all things, my dear brothers and sisters, that pertain to life and godliness. All things. And this word life over here, as I was explaining, and we're reviewing quickly, this life over here is not bios, like in biology, which speaks about the necessities of life. It is the word zoe, Z-O-E, or if you're from another country, you say Z-O-E. That has to do with the essence of life. So in this scenario, it has to do with the God life in you. Ooh, ah, I got excited about that. Oh, yeah. All that pertains to life and godliness. You want a godly life? Excuse me. He's given it already to you. All that pertains to it. You just have to walk in obedience, my dear brothers and sisters. Believe it and obey it. And how does it go? Uh, Through him, through the knowledge of him, who has called us to virtue and glory, that by these things, by which have been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now, what are these promises? There are too many to count. But if God is telling you if I make you an exceedingly gland let me ask you this question: If I make you an exceedingly great and precious promise, what do you think that promise would be? Would it good? Would it be very good? Would it be sort of good? Would it be sort of bad? I think it'd be very good. It'd be very good. Thank you. Have good. <laughs> See, uh, and I'm just a human. When God is making you an exceedingly great and precious promises, I mean, He has something. Really special in mind for you. Some of the things that are very obvious to us. But I don't want to go there this morning. I just want you to know that He has made these promises to you by which we might be partakers of His divine nature. Well, my brothers and sisters, before you were reborn, before you gave your life to Jesus. You had no way to be a partaker of his divine nature. That comes with Jesus. That is what Jesus partly has bought you when he paid that price on the cross and in the resurrection. That is what he paid for you. Not just that all your sins were forgiven and you go to heaven, but also that you might have life here on earth that is not in bondage. That is not in bondage of the flesh or the enemy or the world. That is a life of freedom freedom to become all that God had in mind for you. Wow. Are, are you listening to that? To become all that God had in mind for you. Can you short circuit that? Yeah. And you can delay it. I mean, if you're saved, you've given your life to Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. But here on earth, you might be in hell. And you don't want that, my brothers and sisters. Who wants that? When God is offering you an opportunity to partake of his divine nature, and then you just settle for the flesh. Have we not shown you that ugly list? Of the works of the flesh. And the beautiful list of the fruit of the spirit. And that is not all. That's just representative stuff. But that's what he has for us. And yet we just camp out on on that ugly list. Because we so so often live in the flesh. And no, we are not murderers. We haven't murdered anybody. Except with words. But not with knives or guns. So, partakers of his divine nature. Uh, Having, check this out. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Because of our lust, what is lust? Lust means the desires of our lower nature. Our lower nature only wants bad stuff. It never wants good stuff. If it is telling you it wants good stuff, it's faking you out so that it can get to you afterwards. Isn't that what Satan does? He fakes you out. He wants you to drink plenty of beer. Then he shows you a party with nice-looking girls and nice-looking guys on the beach. And they're throwing a party. and, And, you know, they want you to buy their beer and drink it. They don't show you when they get home, they kick in the door and they abuse their children, and the, and then they go over the toilet and they, oh, they hook it and they throw up like yo yo. Know, you can hear down the street. Tell the truth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm encouraged to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, they fake you out. Your flesh always wants to work country. To the things of God. And so, but, so this lust that the flesh has is taking you in a direction opposite to God. But God tells us this, that he has given us an escape from that. These desires have caused a corruption in us. A corruption, a, a dead end life. A life with, in, 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 with bondages. A life that doesn't count for anything. A life that is defeated. A life that is depressed. A life that... alive. <laughs> Do You know, people like that. They're all over the place, my brothers and sisters. And they're also in the church. And, hey, I'm saying, send them all to over here. We love them. And we'll teach them the things of God. Because God has something special for them. Not a life like that. So he says, this lust has caused some corruption in your life. And he says, I have an escape for you. So not only are we partakers of his divine nature, but we get to escape the bad stuff. How good is that? Thank you. Amen. Uh, Yeah. Amen to the to the word of the Lord. Yes. And then verse five says, and so it says, but for this very reason, add to your faith. So he says, listen, you need to keep on growing, so that you have weapons against the onslaught that might come, weapons against the swaying words of people, weapons against the swaying words of the world. He says, so add to your faith virtue, or the NIV would say goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self control. That you can control these lusts that we're talking about, these desires that pop up, that you can smash them and tell them, hey, you have no more sway over me, I got sway over you. Self control, and add to your self control patience or perseverance or endurance and to your endurance, godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love. It all comes together in love. Love is the accumulation of all spiritual power and spiritual facilities. Love. Love. How powerful is love? Jesus says, excuse me, the way you love, that is going to be the, the the way you love one another, that is going to be the evidence that you are my disciples. You think love is important? It is important. So, anyways, so we're not going to stay over there. So, and then it says in verse 8 over here, and that's where we finally are. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's, let's look at that for, for just a little bit. If these things be in you. The word be over there has a little bit more to do uh, with possession rather than just its presence. Right? I am with Doyle. I'm present with Doyle, Okay? Now, but these things be in you has more to do with possession, that you possess these things. They are yours. They are not just with you. They are yours. They are not just in you. They are yours. Possession. And abound. So, once again, Peter is saying, don't stand still in your Christian walk, brothers and sisters. These things need to increase. Another translation, I think maybe the NIV says, an increase. NIV, somebody here? You have an NIV? Okay. Increasing measure. An increasing measure. There we go. Uh, if these are things, that are in, an increasing measure. Always Peter is looking for increasing measures so that you can keep on growing in the Lord. Standing still is not a good thing. So, and what are these things then? If these things be in you. He is not talking about the things that in, in Genesis or in Deuteronomy or the things in, in the Ephesian uh, letter or, or whatever. He's talking about these things that he has just spoken of. That is to say that you have all things that pertain to life and godliness that you are partakers of of the divine nature of God, that you have an escape, that you have faith, and that you have virtue, and that you have knowledge, and that you have self-control, and that you have patience, and that you have godliness, and that you have brotherly love, and that you have love. If these things are in you, and abound. you <laughs> so cute. If these, are, these things are in you, and abound. My dear brothers and sisters, I just want you to know that God has a life of abundance for us. That's what He wants for us. And then out of this comes more. But if they are abounding, if you have a life of overflow, that is what God has in mind for us. Um, let us look at the Gospel of John, we'll say first, uh, 10, 10. John 10, 10. John 10, 10. It says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? We, we, so, this is, this is again the other side of the coin, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus says, I am come that you might have life, and that you have life more abundantly. Abundantly. You see that word abundance that we just saw a minute ago? Abundantly. That has the idea of, it is uh, uh, actually the abundance that we saw in Peter has to do with overabundance. So he says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Are you there with 1010? You seeing it? Okay, I saw some of you are looking for it. John 10, 10. And Jesus is speaking. He says, the thief. Who's the thief? Satan. Satan, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not coming to patch your, your pocketbook. He's not coming to, to give you spiritual power in the Lord. He's not coming to give you joy and peace and these type of things. He's coming to rob you. He's coming to steal these things from you if he can And Jesus says, I am come, and some translation says, but I am come. He's making the contrast. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm talking to you about this morning, my brothers and sisters. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, what does that look like, my brothers and sisters? What does a life more abundantly look like? Give me a word. Peace. Thank you. Give me another word. Huh? Paradise. Paradise. Okay. Okay. You're jumping. You're making a big jump. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. You're talking about paradise here on earth. I take it. Yes. Paradise, there's later. I'm talking about the life here. Paradise here on earth instead of hell on earth. Yeah? Okay. So, give me another word, anybody. Come on. Huh? Joy. Huh? Peace? Is say peace? Peace? What do you say? Oh, man, you, you win the prize. You win the prize. How old are you? Eight. He's eight years old. So these type of things come to your mind when you think of the abundant life. I'm not talking about bank accounts. I'm talking about spiritual accounts. I'm talking about the bank account that has spiritual things in it. This is about spiritual life, spiritual power, spiritual strength, spiritual endurance that we are going to need when times get tough. Spiritual endurance, spiritual life. And Jesus says, I'm come that you might have that in abundance. My hey, dear brothers and sisters, do you know such people? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I'm praying always. I'm praying always that the things that I say and teach, that I can at least in some measure be an example. Otherwise, I should be fired. Let me go. If I cannot at least in a a measure show you what I'm talking about, I shouldn't even be here. Let me go. Tell me you're fired. I wouldn't even have hard feelings. If I can't show it, I should ask you to do it. Don't ask people to do things that you can't show them. So that is my prayer, Susan, all the time. Matter of fact, my wife says, if your life would not at least somewhat resemble the things that you say, I would throw up every Sunday morning listening to you. And I wouldn't come. It's just that simple. That's how I see it, too. Uh, So, abundant life. That is what he has for us, my brothers and sisters. Abundant life. Why are we settling for less? When he says that this is what he has for us. Then let us look at John, Jesus speaking again, John 7, 38. John 7, 38. He says this, he that believeth on me. As the scriptures have said. Out of his belly. Shall flow. Rivers. Of living water. Rivers. Of living water. We're not talking about a trickle here. We're not talking you know. Here. A little, a, little, a little swallow. When you drink out of that kind of a life, it is like drinking out of a fire hose. It is like when you, keep your, when you put your cup in there; it's filled up and overflowing in an instant. It is a life that overflows. This is what God has for us. Rivers. Out of your belly. Is that, does that sound like overflow? Oh, big time. This is what he has for us, and you know what? It is yours for the taking. It is yours for the taking. I have here a twenty-dollar bill. Who the, the first person that comes get it? It's yours. Oh. Oh. See that you, you got to come get it, brother. There we go. Yes. Oh, angel. <laughs> angel. <laughs> My dear brothers and sisters, I want you to know you illustrated, you illustrated exactly what I think the church is doing. You are suspicious of God. You are suspicious that what he says he has for you, he really doesn't have. He holds it out for you to come get it. And you're thinking, oh, what's the catch here? There must be a catch. But it's used to, to just to come get it. If you would just believe enough to obey. Yes. Well, that should be a settled matter a long time ago when you got saved, okay? Because when you got saved, you didn't deserve it, and he gave it to you, salvation. So that should be a matter that is settled. If that is not settled with you, brothers and sisters, you just go ahead and read the scriptures. That is part of what I'm trying to settle in your mind. it is yours. And so I wonder, do you want it? Do you want it? Some of you are sorry that you didn't come to get the twenty-dollar bill. I'm sorry, I don't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, to get this overflowing life is even easier than to come to get a twenty-dollar bill. Amen. You don't even have to come to get it. He's got already had it for you. <laughs> All you have to do is believe and obey. You don't have to come and compete for the $20 bill. There's no competition there. He's done it all for you already. For you, just for the asking and the taking. <laughs> yes, they, they, they would if they just believed that it was theirs. They would. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and they're sorry that they didn't come. Now they know.) <laughs> yeah, you're preaching now, you're preaching now. That's right. Now they know. <laughs> Absolutely, sister. Absolutely, Now they know. Uh, so he goes on to say that, can you go back to Second uh, Peter? One, eight. He says that if you have these things. In overflow, then good things happen. Your life will be full of good things. If you don't have these things, your life will not be full of good things. So let's look at it. If if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Barren. As is the, is the original word in the King James, uh, it is translated sometimes idle uh, or it is sometimes trans, translated uh, in, uh, ineffective, ineffective, that your life are useless. Another translation says, yes, very uh, exactly, uh, barren. So he says that if you have these things, you shall not be barren. Your life shall not be idle. You know what? What idle means? You know, when a car is idling, what is happening? Well, okay. It is sitting there. The engine is running. It's using up some gas. Yes? It's messing up your, your, your air conditioning. Uh, but it's not going anywhere. It's standing still. That is what he's saying. That if you don't have these things, that your life is going to be. But if you have those things... Your life is not going to be idle. Your life is going to go go and get places. It's going to be on a move for the kingdom of God. It is not at a standstill. It is not idle. It is not uh, ineffective. An ineffective life, if you don't have these things. The the, uh, the other side of the coin is that if you have these things you will have an effective life for the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, and if you don't have these things, if you have these things, you will not be unfruitful. Sorry about that. Uh, you, you, you heard me and you, you, you stayed right with me, but go back to eight, would you? Uh, then if you, if you have these things and they abound, you will not be unfruitful. What is unfruitful? Unfruitful, unproductive, unproductive, uh, your life is not showing any fruit. Not bearing witness to the Spirit. Ooh, sister, would you come preach a little bit here? <laughs> it's not bearing witness to the Spirit of God. We, uh, we had in our backyards some trees. Thankfully now they bear fruit, but we had one that was not bearing fruit. An orange tree That doesn't give you any oranges. Why do you think we planted that orange tree? We wanted oranges. This is what God wants for your life. Fruit. And yet, well, he does that too, baby. He does that too. And then we misunderstand what he's doing. Then we, we curse him for it and we complain and balk and and, and, and all these type of things when he's only having, trying to get us some fruit. <laughs> uh, so, but he's not going that in the pruning thing in this particular thing. He is just saying that if you don't have these things, if you have these things, you will not be unfruitful. The, the other side of the coin is that if you have these things and they abound, you will have a fruitful life, that you will Bear fruit for the kingdom of God, and brothers and sisters. Um, let us say the mayor comes and visits us us today. He is not, but let's say he comes today, and he appoints three or four of you guys to go on a mission to get something accomplished for the city of Corpus Christi. (laughs) Streets? Uh, Maybe he sent you somewhere else. And you'll you'll break your neck to just be part of it and raise the money and, and go do it and you gladly do it and you think man, you did something really special. But here you have the king of kings and lord of lords putting you on a mission and you don't even think it's all that special. There's no fruit for the kingdom of God. But yet he wants you to have fruit and has brought everything to bear for you to have it if you would just believe and obey. Amen. So verse 9. What time we have? Oh, we're looking good. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So there's three things that he says in verse 9. He says, if you lack these things, you know, these things that he talked about earlier, right? Can you give me one or two of them? Still? huh? Self-control? Knowledge? Knowledge. Knowledge. Okay. So, some of those things. And he says, if you lack those things that he said that he was talking about earlier, he says, you're blind. You, you don't see very well. You are blind right now. You cannot see things. Right. So I, I always ask God for illustrations. And let me, let me give you a, a, a couple of them that, uh, that, I, that I had. Uh, blind. So this is, a, this is directed to the young people. Young people, are you ready for me? Go go ahead, put your fingers in your ears. That's okay. (laughs) Go ahead, put them in there. God has for you something so special. But you can't see. You're blind. You cannot see that he has for you to remain pure. Sexually. Till you get married. Hey. They're not the only ones. But you cannot see. And you give yourself away. That treasure. That God has for the one. In the future. You cannot see. You are blind. And you give it away. Just like that. Hey, I've been there. I wish that when I were their age, I would have had instruction in the ways of the Lord. I didn't have it till I was 25 years old. I got saved. Up to then, I was blind. Worse than blind. Because I saw things that were not even there. But were taking me places that I shouldn't have gone to. So when I talk to the young people, I'm not condemning them. I'm loving them. I want them to be a place where I went and they didn't have to go. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not condemning anybody. That's not my style at all. I'm just talking to you. When Peter talked about blindness, this is part of what he's saying. We can't see. We're lacking some of these things, and we cannot see. You think I'm trying to condemn anybody? I don't. Hey, I was there. If I'm condemning them, I'm condemning me. I'm not into condemnation. And Jesus is not into condemnation. But he wants you to have an abundant life. And I cannot deny that, as your pastor, that he wants to have you, that your abundant life is what he has for you. So, let me tell the truth. And I, in no ways am I condemning anyone. So, don't look at somebody like... You know, you should look with compassion and with grace in your heart and in your mind. Not with condemnation. And I'm in no wise condemning them. I'm just saying this is part of a blindness. Um, You've worked hard all day long, husband. Hard. And you come home. Oh, and you're so tired. And the food is not ready. <laughs> and there is dishes in the sink. And the house needs to be picked up and cleaned. And you walking in the house like, I'm so tired. Why is this such a mess? Because you are blind. And you don't see the opportunity that God has given you to bless your wife. That's right. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's about blessing one another. And the greater the blessing, since your wife knows that you're tired. Well, if you're not, if you're not tired, well, for sure you should be helping. excuse me. You don't even get brownie points for that. Huh? Well, you're always learning. But I want to say this. I want to say this. That when we were first married, yes, the Lord spoke to me and says, I want you to be a godly husband. My father was a good husband, but he was not saved. So though he was a good husband, he was not a godly husband. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, If you'll show me what that is, I promise I'll do it. Have I done it perfectly? Absolutely not. But early on, he gave me the joy of washing dishes. Mike, (laughs) did you feel that thing in your ribs over here? (laughs) Kathy gave him one of these. Did you hear that? (laughs) So there is a blindness, brothers and sisters. We're not seeing the opportunities that God actually has for us. An opportunity to bless your wife. Or let, us, let me say, let me not be so picky on the husbands. Let me say to bless your spouse, okay? And then he says, you are lacking these things. I am blind. And, he, and then he says, uh, and you cannot see afar off. That is to say, Other translations translate it like you are nearsighted. You are short-sighted. In other words, your eyesight goes barely beyond the length of your nose. You cannot see the things that God has for you in the future, and so you settle for other things. You settle for other things. Oh, I wish we didn't have to settle. I wish we didn't have to settle. Uh, let me let me just give you one. I I have a word in my mind that goes like olive branch. Olive branch. Let me make a general statement first, and then we'll talk about the olive branch. I would say to you. Always extend. You know what an olive branch is? A a, 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 a gesture, a peace offering. Thank you. A peace offering. A gesture toward peace. An olive branch. Always. I chose that word carefully because I mean always. Always extend an olive branch. And always accept an olive branch. Well, an olive branch is not necessarily an apology. They sort of feel like, oh, an apology is maybe too much humbling of myself. Or they don't t- consciously think of it, but uh, they, 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 feel, they feel maybe the offense was not that bad. And, and, and so, but somebody is extending an olive branch and says, uh, to me, Sibyl would say maybe, would you like a cup of hot tea? Well, my dear brothers and sisters, if we have had a spat, then this is an olive branch. Always accept an olive branch. Even if I didn't want tea, maybe three minutes ago I had a cup of tea. I say, please, honey, give me a I'd love <laughs> cup of tea. Because I'm accepting an olive branch. And, but sometimes we are so upset that we don't accept the olive branch. And so there remains a wall between us. There remains stuff between us. Till the other one thinks, well, this has been long enough, and the other one offers an olive branch. But often what happens is uh, the olive branch is is rejected. There is a sense of rejection. So the other one, well, the heck with it. I'm not operating. olive She didn't take my olive branch. So he didn't take my olive branch. So, you know what? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm gone. I'm, I'm going to my study. I'm going to my room. I'm, I'm going to my room. I take my ball and I go home. An <laughs> olive branch. Because we are short-sighted to see that God wants peace in the home. If it is possible, the Apostle Paul says, as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone and your spouse is he or she also included or is he or she excluded everyone but your wife or your husband (laughs) everyone thank you so short-sighted there's a short-sightedness often in our lives We, we 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 don't see past the length of our nose and and and, and, and and so we, we life is not as good as it should be or it, it is delayed in its goodness it is delayed in its goodness let me see here uh, your spouse your spouse had a bad day but God has commanded you to love your spouse yes I supposed to love your spouse. Possibly even, even your enemies. Well, she's worse than my enemy. No. <laughs> Love them. And God gives you an opportunity, but you're sure, so short-sighted, you don't see the opportunity. He or she is having a bad day, and you just let him have it. And you don't even see the chance that God wants to improve your love for your spouse. And he's giving you some training. And he's giving you some opportunity to do that. Because if everything is nice, that's easy. So he says, I'm going to give you a challenge. But you can't see that far. Challenge. My wife has whatever. Or my husband has whatever. And you miss the opportunity to love them and improve in your love. And you're short-sighted and you're stuck. Uh, and he says, and you have forgotten that you are perched from your old sins. The, the, it, it, the, the general idea is that you have forgotten what God has done for you in paying for your sins to be forgiven. And everything that comes along with it. So it's a broader, it's really a broader statement the way I see it. Uh, your sins have been purged. You've been cleansed from your sins. But you're walking as if this has not happened yet. Well, some people walk in that. But hopefully, hopefully none of us walk in that here. Because there is nothing that can be too bad that God cannot forgive. Okay, There is nothing, nothing, nothing. God cannot love you any more than he already does because he loves you with all that he has, and he cannot love you less than he does because he already loves you with all that he has. So that is a, that is a lie. And that is your flesh speaking to, uh, to raise itself up. So, so, my dear brothers and sisters, I, I, I just want to encourage you to take this life that God has for you. Um, do you want this life of overflow? Okay. Let me count. I counted two and a half. Okay. Ten, oh, that is three and a half. I mean, so that's four. That counts for one and a half right there. <laughs> uh, so this is the life that he has for us, and it's just for the taking, my brothers and sisters, if you just have enough belief to obey him in all that he's asking us to do, which is not much. For the most part, he's asking us to believe such that there is not a problem to obey. Uh, if If you are um, needing to go from this end of the creek to that end of the creek, there is people chasing you over there, but you don't feel like you can walk on that on that branch over the over the creek because you think you're balanced you you're not going to be able to make it and somebody comes that has has demonstrated to you that they can even run over the, the little pole that is over the creek, or they can do a salto over it, and they, they can do, walk on their hands over it. Okay, when they come and they extend their hand to you to get you over the pole to this side of the creek, you'll take it. He's demonstrated. So this is the idea with God, that he is trustworthy. Whatever he says, you can do it and... It should be easier to obey him because of it. Because he's already demonstrated to you. This guy goes and walks on his hand over the pole. He makes a somersault over the pole. He makes whatever. And you see, oh, he can get me over the pole. I'm going. It's not hard for you to obey. And then you're safe from the guys that are chasing you or the animals that are chasing you over there. Ah, it wasn't the best illustration. Okay, whatever. So, if you are a Christian, I want you to, to in, I invite you to this life of overflow, my dear brothers and sisters. Take it. Take it. God has it for you. Amen. If you are not a Christian, I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Who has died on the cross for your sins. And was raised from the dead. To show you that you also shall be raised from the dead. But inclusive in that was also that the dead life, the dead end life that you're leading right now, you don't have to lead it. You can lead a glorious life here on earth.